0: Okay, let's go to the Lord. Thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you for your answered prayer. Thank you for what you're doing here at Lighthouse Fellowship and the life of believers here in this place. Those you've brought our way, we thank you and praise you. We pray they feel welcome because we're all together. We're in the body of Christ. And dear God, today you're doing great things. We see healings across this particular church. And dear Lord, today, all the needs that are in this church, we know you're the answer. And we bring those needs to you. We pray, Lord, for healing for all of these that have been mentioned. We pray also for those that are not with us, especially with John and Brenda Scott. We ask you, Lord, to bless them. We pray today, Lord, that each and every person will be blessed. Those who are not with us, watch over them. Bring them back soon and pray that you truly would uh, plug them in to the ministry here at Lighthouse Fellowship. We know, Lord, there is a giftedness in everybody's life here. And as believers, we believe we're to utilize those gifts, and dear God, today, walk in your spirit. We thank you. We ask you, Lord, today that you would speak, and we welcome you, Holy Spirit, again, we welcome you, we desire you, we long for you to come and move in our midst, and we just pray your word would come alive in our hearts, and dear Lord, as we read your word, that Lord, you would just speak to us, and we know today, dear God, it is in relationship with Jesus Christ that you long for, and Lord, we desire that also. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Turning your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look at faith. We're going to look at uh, Abraham. Sometimes you feel like, well, I'm traveling along. Does God know where I am? Is God behind what I'm doing or whatever? And if you're doing the things, your heart is bent towards doing the will of God. God has a way of certainly placing you in his will. But sometimes we feel like we're traveling without a map, don't we? We don't have a map. We got GPS nowadays and we've got the latest sophistication and technology and all those things. And and I'm so glad of that because I know as a man, I get lost a lot. And Cindy has to sort of uh, redirect my paths and all. But I have a higher authority. His name is Jesus, and he will truly direct our paths. But Abraham was traveling without a map. And we'll see here he was walking by faith. And if you'll look at Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10, we'll read it here. And it reads, by faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went out to a place he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going, and by faith he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And then, if you'll turn back to the Genesis, first book in the Bible. Genesis, chapter 12. We're traveling without a map. That's what Abraham was doing. In Genesis, chapter 12, verse 1. And the Lord said to Abram, Go out from your land, your relatives... And your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make you your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And so Abraham went as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Now look at this. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people he had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. And when they came to the land of Canaan, Abraham passed through the land to the site of Shechem at the oak of Morah, Moray. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. And then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, I will give this land to your offspring. And so he built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to him. And from there he moved on to the hill country east of Bethel and pitched his tent. And with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, he built an altar to, and my translation pronounce it Yahweh there, and he called on the name of Yahweh. Then Abram journeyed by stages to the Negev. There was a famine in the land, and so Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine in the land was severe. And when he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarah, Look, I know what a beautiful woman you are, and when the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but he'll let you live. Please say, You're my sister. So it will go well for me because of you, and my life will be spared on your account. And when Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful, and Pharaoh's officials saw her and praised her to Pharaoh. So the woman was taken to Pharaoh's household. He treated Abram well because of her, and Abram acquired flocks and herds, male and female donkeys, male and female slaves, and camels. But the Lord struck Pharaoh and his household with severe plagues because of Abram's wife, Sarah. So Pharaoh sent for Abram and said, what have you done to me? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister? So that I took her as my wife. Now here is your wife. Take her and go. And then Pharaoh gave his men orders about him, and they sent him away with his wife, and all he had. We were first introduced to Abraham when he was 75 years old. He was living there in the land of what's called Ur, U R. and that's where he was born, that's where he grew up, and probably that's where he expected to die one day. Everything was moving along pretty good. He was probably his father's, he was his father's firstborn, which meant that he would one day inherit his business and properties. In fact, by this time of his life, he was probably handling most of his dad's affairs, allowing dad to supervise and call the really big decisions. And Abraham was married without children. And as far as we know, the without children part of his life was the only negative thing that was going on with him. But other than that, things were doing and really couldn't be any better. But one day, God intervened disrupted the comfortable lifestyle that Abraham had, and things would never be the same. When he was called, I believe probably, maybe Abraham didn't immediately answer the call, and God had to come back to him and call him again and again and again until Abraham finally realized that the feeling of uneasiness, anticipation in his soul, that it was actually God speaking to him. He hadn't wanted to admit it at first, but he knew it was God speaking, and he knew what God was saying. He was saying this. He was saying to leave. Pack your bags, kiss your relatives goodbye, and hit the road. Abraham didn't want to do it. He didn't want to leave his comfortable life behind. Up to this point, as far as we know, God hadn't done anything in Abraham's life to cause him to trust God. No miracles, no answers to prayer. No immediate ancestry of people who followed God there. The closest relation that we know of that followed God was Noah's son, Shem. And he was actually nine generations back in Abraham's ancestry. Abraham was raised as a pagan in a pagan society, and we know that from Joshua chapter 24. And it wasn't easy for him to follow God. He struggled with God. Faith in God doesn't always mean that you immediately jump when God says go, but it does mean that in the end... When you've given God all the excuses of why you can't do the things he desires he wants you to do or to do things his way, you choose to go his way anyway. Remember Moses? He gave him every type of excuse there. Lots of excuses of why he could not be the deliverer of Israel. But in the end, remember Moses was used by God to deliver the Israelites out of captivity. Actually symbolic, again, of us, of Jesus delivering us from sin. They were taken out of Egypt. They were slaves before we came to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We were slaves to sin there. For most of us, the reason we don't do things God's way is not because of some excuse or even a legitimate reason. It's because we just don't want to. The cost is too high. Or the risk is too great. Ever thought about it? The reason we don't do what God wants us to do, because we can make all types of excuses, but if you cut through the chase, is actually is we just don't want to. The cost is too great. So what all would Abraham have had to leave behind in order to follow God? God had told him to leave his country, his people, and his father's household. We know, obviously, that the land that Abraham left was fertile. It was actually uh, between the Tigris and Euphrates there, and we know it was a very rich land there. He was 75 years old at the time, as we see here in the Bible, when, when Abraham re- responded to the call of God in his life, and he was settled in his ways. He was 75. He was comfortable. You know, sometimes people tell me, well, I, I don't think God can use me at my age. I mean, I'm getting older, and I'm not able to do the things that I used to do. I'm not physically as active as I used to do. I, I can't do this, and I can't do that. Let me tell you today, is God will use you. And God will use you for His glory if you allow Him. And it doesn't make any difference what that number is there beside your name. God Almighty can do this. And this is what God's showing us, I believe, one of the things through the life of Abraham. We know, remember, he was 75 years old when he was settled down and he was comfortable there. We get comfortable also, and we're just waiting for that heavenly train to come pick us up. We've got our ticket. His name is Jesus, and we just want to get on the train. But God has called us to minister. God has called us into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, it's an exciting journey when you're walking with Jesus. God told Abraham to leave his country, his people there, and and go where he told him to be, you know? And, and, you know, all the things that gave him comfort and security and stability to his life, his culture, his, his protection, his inheritance, his friends, his security. But I believe the one thing that Abraham missed the most was, was the stability that he had. You know, we all want the stable life. We don't want things shaky, do we? We don't want that uncertainty. We like things. We like to know where we're going and what we're doing. Remember, we're traveling there without a map. And exactly the way Abraham traveled, without a mount. Remember there when Jesus began to call the disciples? And he said, come and follow me. Matthew left his tax collector's table. Jesus and John left their nets. James and John left their nets and their job and their dad. And Jesus left heaven. Old things have passed away. All things have become new, the Bible says. Forgetting those things which are behind, I press towards the mark. The disciples... He said that we've left everything behind to follow you. The disciples left everything to follow Jesus Christ. And, and when things didn't turn out their way, you know, as they expected, they were tempted to go back to fishing, to go back to the woe ways of life. It looks more comfortable if we go back there. And that's what happens when you and I step out. We're going to talk about it here in a minute. A real challenge as far as when we see the life of Abraham here. The disciples here left everything But it didn't turn out the way they thought here. So what do you need to leave behind in order to follow God? Is it worth it? You have to count the cost. Are you willing to follow God no matter what he says? Are you willing to be his disciples and follow as Jesus leads us no matter where he leads us, no matter what he tells us to do, no matter where he tells us to go or what he tells us to say? Are you willing to step out in faith? not necessarily is there a roadmap when we step out and walk by faith abraham did as god commanded and left and he went without a map and we see that in romans our hebrews 11:8 it says that he didn't even know where he was going he didn't know how things would turn out there and when god told abraham to leave he didn't tell abraham where he was going to end up at all he just said go to a land that i'll show you god demanded of him a pilgrimage from his old pattern of living, into a new kind of life. God cannot lead us into the new ways of living until he leads us out of the old. God is doing a new thing here at Lighthouse Fellowship. He's doing a new thing in my life, and he's doing a new thing in your life also. God never stays the same. We may become stagnant, but God is moving, and he's asking the church to move out. He's asking the church today, he's telling the church to have life and have it more abundantly is to be able to step out in faith and follow him wherever he leads us. But there were some expe- expectations, and we have expectations also, but Abraham had expectations. He had all kinds of expectations. He had left so much behind, he felt that he had a right to expect a lot from God. And when Abraham got to the place of promise, something was very wrong. He went down to Canaan, he went over to Canaan. And he actually found that there was a drought and there was a famine there. And he probably said, Lord, you took me out of all the fertile place. You took me where there was abundance. You took me out of my comfort zone to bring me into this. You know, sometimes that's what happens with us. We step out for the Lord and maybe spiritual warfare begins to hit us. Maybe something happens in our lives and it doesn't turn out the way we thought it would turn out. And then we begin to question and say, Lord, you took me out. I, I step out in faith. I took a risk for you. And yet, look at how life is turning out. And this is what happened to Abraham. And uh, we know, obviously, uh, even Abraham and the relationship he had with the Lord, and he uh, trusted the Lord. He, he, uh, and God credited to him his righteousness, as we learn. We learn about that. Going where God says to go may make you worse off than you were to begin with, at least for a while. Not only was there famine in the land, but the land was already occupied by somebody else, the Canaanites. We know there, Abraham had faith and all that it got him was a dry and barren land. And remember Paul and Silas? They stood up for God. They were preaching the gospel there. And what did it get Paul and Silas? Got got them thrown in jail. A dingy, horrible smelling, I'm sure, jail that was all just terrible. And yet they were singing praises to the Lord there. And, and the doors, remember, just busted open. And they walked out of that place. And yet they gave it all for Jesus Christ. Remember what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Old Testament there? When they began and said, "Well, Lord, we're not, we, we, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not going to bow down to you. And uh, our God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't deliver us, we're not going to worship you. And remember, he said, we'll throw them into the fire. And God delivered them. But sometimes the heat's turned up. We step out in faith, and this is what happened to Abraham. And Abraham was feeling like God had failed him. The evidence seemed to indicate that anyway. And by faith, but faith is about living above your feelings, even above the evidence that your senses give to you. Sometimes, you know, we think, uh, well, God, you must have messed up here. I've stepped out in faith and, and uh, you know, all these bad things are happening. I must be out of the will of God, not necessarily. It may be that God's trying to strengthen you and trying to grow you up and me up in Jesus Christ. And He's allowed certain circumstances in your life and my life to grow us up. Because He doesn't want us to stay on the, uh, the milk. He wants us to get into the meat of the Word of God and walk with Him in maturity today. The church of the living God. The body of Christ has got to grow up. We've got to grow up. I don't know what's in store for the church, but I don't believe it's going to be good. I believe God will be good, and I believe God will be faithful. But as far as circumstances that are surrounding the things that you're seeing today in our world, and it's happening at a faster clip here in this country alone, I believe today there could be very well some very severe persecution of the church. There'll be people possibly have to give their lives for Jesus Christ right here in this country And certainly we know that may already be happening, and certainly it's happening around the world today. And God wants our faith strengthened today, and the only way your faith can be strengthened is by exercising your faith, is walking with the Lord day in and day out. But it doesn't always mean that everything is going to be a rose garden. It doesn't mean that everything's going to just be flowery and everything's going to be okay and all. And I like this. You could face some challenges today. Abraham thought, and you know, he had these expectations. Well, I've stepped out and left it all. And yet, look where I winded up. You'll never find out what you're looking for on this earth, the Bible says. If you ever, obviously, fool yourself into thinking that you can, you read Ecclesiastes. Abraham was searching he didn't find what he was looking for in Canaan when he first got there. And really, he never found what he was looking for on earth anyway because he was looking for that heavenly city whose foundations, an architect, was God Almighty. And that's what the yearning down in every believer's heart is, is that we know this is not our home. We're just pilgrims passing through. We're just sojourners. We're just passing through this land. Our heavenly home is with God Almighty. And until we get there, we're going to have to walk by faith And we may be challenged as far as our faith with particular aspects here and circumstances on this earth. Obviously, we know that Abraham had expectations. Many of them were disappointed to begin with now, to begin with. The second thing is, as he was disillusioned, you and I get disillusioned also. And Abraham didn't go back to where he started from in, in Ur or Haran, but he went a great distance. He went down to Egypt from where he was supposed to be in Canaan. He didn't intend on staying there forever or even for a long time. It just says for a while. He just intended on staying there until the famine was over. And many people who get saved find out that things don't always turn out quite as rosy as they expected. They get disillusioned, frustrated, even angry. And they left their old life behind and feel like God didn't come through for them And he didn't keep up his end of the deal there. He didn't keep his promises. That's sometimes what we see in new believers' lives. Because let me tell you today, you start serving the Lord and the enemy says, No way, I'm going to put all types of obstacles in front of you. And I'm going to confront you. The Bible says, Submit to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You give your heart to Jesus and you can be rest assured that there's going to be spiritual warfare. I'm seeing more spiritual warfare today in marriages and throughout the church than I've seen since I've walked with the Lord. I believe it's because possibly the enemy knows what the Word of God says. He may believe that his time is short. It may be that he somehow senses the timetable of Jesus' return is very near today. And he wants to take down every believer that he possibly can. And you know, you and I, have to be walked by faith. Even in Ephesians chapter 6. It says that we are to hold up the shield of faith. And what does it say after that? That it extinguishes what? All of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Putting the former of God up. Because those flaming arrows come at you. They're like darts and those things peppering. Because what he does is he whispers those lies in your ears. And before long you begin to believe it. And you turn on other people. And sometimes you turn on those that you love the most. And you don't even realize it is happening. It's because the enemy has gotten in there. And he's fired those fiery darts off at you and me. And at marriages and the foundation of the church. And we don't even realize it. And we're broadsided by it. That's how the enemy is. He's very, very sly. He's been around a long time. But you and I have, the, obviously, the armor of God that we can stand and put on every day. And we hold up that shield of faith. I remember one time that actually, as I began to walk with the Lord and things started happening, I was putting on the full armor of God there. And I actually saw, God showed me in the spirit realm, it was very quick, a flaming arrow coming straight at me. And I had faith in Jesus. And the error was deflected. I actually saw it, you know, because you think sometimes the analogy there. But God showed me these things are real. And a lot of times he uses lies. He uses gossip in the church. He uses all those things. And one person's pitted against the other. One person thinks they're better than the other. And all these things start happening. Abraham was disillusioned, and sometimes we as Christians do also. We become disillusioned because things don't turn out the way that we thought they would. Abraham knew that there was one problem. Remember about Sarah? She must have been good-looking. Now, Abraham was 75, and Sarah was 10 years younger. She was 65 years old, and evidently he was scared to death. She must have been a good-looking woman. Amen? I can talk about that in the church. I'm not saying anything wrong. But she was a good-looking woman. Pharaoh saw him and said, well, boy, bring her in. And you know what happened is that Pharaoh and and his people began to uh, be afflicted. Now, Pharaoh, I'm sure, didn't believe in God. But somehow in his, quote, probably superstition and that religion in Egypt at that particular time, he kind of felt like, well, I've offended the, quote, gods, plural gods. Get them out of here. And that's why he told them, get out of here. You know, we're under affliction. And what had happened was Abraham had stepped out from the will of God. He's supposed to be in Canaan. When the heat got turned up in Canaan because it was a famine and a drought, he didn't stay in there and hang in there with God. He went down to Egypt. Now, in Egypt there, he obviously had plenty to eat, but it looked good and all that. But he got into a whole heap of trouble. And that's what happens to you and I. We begin, sometimes when the heat gets turned up, we begin to operate in the flesh. We get out from underneath the anointing of God, the umbrella of God, the protection of God, and we begin to do things on our own. And we get into a whole lot of problems, don't we? That's what happened to Abraham here. But yet we know that obviously although Abraham had walked away from God, God had not walked away from Abraham. Isn't that good news? Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's always there with us. Because whenever you get outside of a place that God has for you, you're going to have to make compromises to stay there. You're going to have to face dangers that God never intended. And you may very well face the loss of the blessings that God has already put in your life. You may. When you get out from under what God desires, for whatever reason it may be. Abraham's plan to go down to Egypt and to live appeared. Work it well at first, but uh, he acquired a great deal of wealth, of course, there, as, as spoken of in Genesis 12. And Egypt reminded him of where he had grew up, as fertile land and cultured people. And the temptation to stay there and, and go back to the way the life that he had had one time would be very great. And he might have stayed, but God intervened. God obviously had Pharaoh tell him, get out of there. And that's what he does to us. Sometimes God is kind of like God takes his spiritual crowbar... And He just pries you out of that place. And it may be through affliction. It may be something that's going on. The circumstances. And He takes that spiritual crowbar. And He pries you out of that. Because He's got great things for you and me. And we get in a whole heap of trouble. Because we get involved with things we should never be involved with. They're not things of God. They're things of this world. He's called us out of this world. We're here. We're not a part of it. Abraham was not where God wanted him to be. Abraham may have given up on God, but again, God hadn't given up on Abraham. But there was the return. And when Abraham got back to the land of Canaan from Egypt, the famine was still raging there. The fam- and the rest of the land was obviously was what made Sodom and Gomorrah look so good because it wasn't happening there. And so people began to wander away. But we know, obviously, no matter what it is that we're going through, even there, that even if it's a, a rich, the, the, the different uh, the blessings and so forth, when you have a dry soul, it cannot compare with being in a dry land. When your soul is dry and you just want God and you're seeking Him, it never compares with the rich things around us today. God blesses you, and he blesses me. But the ultimate blessing is knowing him in a relationship, a deep communion today that refreshes your soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake, and he restoreth my soul. When your soul and my soul gets dry, it may be because we're not in the word of God. It may be because obviously we're not praying or talking and communion with the Lord and so forth. And we get dry is we know there's nothing like it today. And God continues to, to be there for us. But he waits till we are obviously starving until we want to come back. And he draws us back into that deep, intimate relationship. And that's what he longs for today. But our humanness and our flesh is there. Always gets in the way. And this is what was happening there with Abraham. We know Abraham was looking for that city. whose foundations were God. And, and designer and architect was God Almighty. The heavenly city. He knew back then, actually. You know, the Bible says in John chapter 14 that he's prepared many rooms, many mansions for us. He's prepared a place for us and he'll come back and receive us unto himself. He desires for us to be there. He's preparing that place for us. If you ever looked at the book of Revelation and you looked at the new Jerusalem and all of what it's going to be like, you think, "Well, gosh, it's just I can I can't grasp it. No, we won't be able to grasp it on this side." But when we see it, when we're home with the Lord, let me tell you today, we will all be able to stand up and shout and say, "Oh, I am so glad" That I walk with Jesus. I am so glad for amazing grace that God saved a wretch like me. I'm so glad I waited upon the Lord. It's all worth it. And it will be worth it when we see Jesus. That's why we're here today. And down deep in Abraham's soul, this is what was happening. And Abraham obviously didn't always get it right. And the wonderful thing about it was the grace of God. He kept bringing him back. He kept going down and he got him out of trouble. Many, many times. And when you and I follow the Lord, we won't always get it right. We don't intentionally get it wrong. But we desire to do the will of God. And that's the one desire I have. Is it your desire? Is it your desire to step out of the boat and walk with Jesus? You see, the real walk with Christ is what, remember Peter got out of the boat? And he said, Lord, if it's you, let me come to you. And he stepped out of the boat. Oh, crazy Peter. He was wilder than a buck. He's old fisherman, probably real burly. You know, he I don't know how much education he had. The Holy Spirit was teaching him. I know that. And yet, he he was the one who got out of the boat. He had the faith. And yet, we say, yeah, but he sank. Yeah, he did sink. But he got out of the boat. Many of us hadn't gotten out of the boat. Many of us haven't stepped out in faith. Many of us like it be comfortable like... What Abraham was, he was seated there in Ur and Haran. We want, just want it comfortable today. I'm just ready and waiting until Jesus comes back. And God has so much in store for you and for me that we could never ever. Oh, He said, you know, even in Malachi where he talks about, if you'll tithe, if you'll give, He said, I'll open the the doors of the barns and it won't even be able to hold the blessings that I have for you. I like that analogy. And I believe it's true. You won't be able to even contain the blessings of God when you begin to step out in faith. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, No eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. We cannot comprehend the blessings. We face Jesus face to face. God's prepared for us. But those blessings are for today. It may be through some hard times that we have to go. But as we continue not to give up, the promises of God will be fulfilled in your life and in my life. Did God live up to Abraham's expectations? No. No. There was still a famine in the land when Abraham came back from Egypt. But God surpassed his expectations by giving him a son when he was 100 years old. God always fulfills his promises. And by the time that Abraham's descendants, as numerous as the sand on the seashore, and the stars in the sky were ready to leave their captivity in the land of Egypt, the nature of the land of Canaan had changed drastically. It wasn't in drought anymore. Now the land of Canaan was referred to as what? A land flowing with milk and honey. That was Canaan. The same Canaan that was dry and barren when Abraham went into it. Let me tell you. The blessings of God are right there. And many times we step back. And we're getting ready to go around that corner. And the blessings of God are right around that corner. And we stop just short of what God wants to do in our lives. It was a land of flowing with milk and honey there. And many more centuries later, wise men came from the same area where Abraham had grown up. They too had been traveling without a map. And all that there was was a star to follow. They too came to Canaan. And they came to worship the ultimate fulfillment of all the promises uh, to Abraham. The birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Who could ever expected something like that? God always keeps his promises. And God always makes things work out right. But he does it on his timetable and in his way. All that God wants from you and from me is obedience. And that comes from faith. Believe in him. You know, you may be in a struggle right now. You may be facing challenges you never thought you would face. I want to say and encourage you today, don't give up. And don't give up on God. God's faithful. And all he's looking for is just to be obedient to him. And we know that that's what he really wants is the sacrifices of a broken heart obedience before the Lord, actually. That's what he desires. So if you'd ask yourself this morning, where are you? Are you in Ur? God's been calling you to leave, to place your faith in him and travel without a map. But you've been struggling. You're comfortable where you are. Faith always means leaving. Eventually it means leaving this world behind one time. But once that happens, you'll never have to leave again. Once you're there, you have arrived. You never have to leave again. Regardless of whether or not you have faith and are willing to leave your past behind to follow Jesus, the day will come for you to leave this world. Without Jesus, you'll be on your way to a place that you wish you could leave, but you will not be able to leave ever. You'll be trapped. Obviously, you say, Well, I can't leave these things behind. One day you're going to leave them behind. I remember, and I've always brought this illustration up, I did with hospice many, many funerals. To be honest with you, all the funerals I did over all these years, I never saw anybody put money into casket. But they did put different things and letters and um, things they wrote and different articles that they wanted to leave and that was personal to them. And I understand grief, and uh, it's very difficult. But I don't know what those people are going to do with those letters. I I guess when they get down there in the six foot under, they're going to take and open the letters and read them. No, they're not. I know that obviously there's possibly some um, comfort and therapy in that. One day we're going to all go that way, aren't we? Will you be able to face Jesus and say, I walk by faith and not by sight? I knew you were calling me to do this, but I just said I can't do it. I just can't do it now. I like it where I am. Or maybe you're in Canaan, a dry place. You'll sometimes figure that, well, God could never have intended this for me. And you're tempted to go back in your old lifestyle. You're tempted to take back a little bit of that control you've handed over to God. After all, we believe, well, God doesn't put us in places like this, does he? No, God knows right where he has you. I'd encourage you to have faith in God's promises. If Abraham had, had stopped where he was, look at all the history behind him that possibly it would have been distorted. God could have raised up anybody he wanted. But his man was Abraham. You think that you're just here kind of by, by happenstance. No, you're not. And I'm not either. There is a calling on your life and on my life, and God wants you to fulfill that calling, whatever it may be and wherever it may be. That is when people fulfill that calling in their lives, life really gets exciting at that point. may not be easy, but you'll know that you're under that umbrella that God has placed over you, spiritual umbrella. Maybe you feel like you've gone back to Egypt. You haven't turned your back on God completely, but you're certainly not where God wants you to be. You've tried the total commitment stuff, but things just didn't work out like you thought, so you backed off. Jesus is still in your heart, but the world is in control of your life. I would encourage you to go back where God said for you to be. And that's the only place that you will find all that God has in store for you. The only place. I heard a testimony of a lady. She's a missionary to Haiti. And she's down in Haiti working and helping children. Teaching children about Jesus and also supplying their practical needs and so forth. And she shared about what God had done. And she gave a couple of particular circumstances that she was in not too long ago, where she saw how God provided for her. And one of them, she was with the children and other townsfolk there, and and they were doing some type of gathering and all. And at a distance, there was a man that was watching them. And the whole town knew this man because he was a mean guy, and he would hurt you. And he had some type of machete over his shoulder there hanging on to it, and he kept staring at this missionary who was American. And she saw him staring, and she said, oh, me. And he started walking her way. And she told the Lord, she said, Lord, I want to die for Jesus, but I don't want to die here in Haiti. Okay. But he kept on coming. And so he came up to her. And she said, I didn't know what to say. God had not really spoken to her to where she felt like she could respond to this man who was actually coming towards her. And she felt that there would be great harm done to, him, to her. She said she hadn't, didn't feel any anointing. She had not gotten a word from the Lord or whatever. And so she said, Lord, the only thing I know to do is just tell him, uh, Jesus loves you. Do you know that? And the man stopped. And he looked at her. And she said, Jesus loves you. And he stopped. And he, she looked at the townsfolk and the little children there behind them and said, oh, y'all tell him, Jesus loves you. Come on, help me out here. And they all looked at Jesus. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. They were scared to death. Jesus loves you. God loves you. And the man went, Jesus loves me? Mm -hmm. and the man backed off and evidently it changed his heart you know very simple isn't it but that lady was in a risky situation it's the same way with faith I believe faith can be spelled R-I-S-K when you step out like that I want to tell you today in closing You've been handpicked by God for this time. Everybody in this place. You've been handpicked. Isn't that good news? You've been (laughs) handpicked. Oh, boy. That means God's up to something. And God chose you, and he wants you to be on his team. He wants you to be on his team. And you and I need to condition our minds and forgetting those things that are in the past because we all have a past. And keep moving forward. And I believe when you keep moving forward and I keep moving forward, then we'll receive clarity. We're traveling without a map. But if we keep moving forward, it may be seem like it's slow. And it may seem like that, oh God, I've been waiting on you a long time. And it may be that you've got issues now that you could... I mean, there were just numerous things. Keep moving forward. Keep having faith. You need to be proactive. Even if it seems small. The birthday card, the buddy, and the meal by the Mead family, they move forward. Patsy probably brought it over and said, you know, y'all can eat what you want and, and then put the rest in the refrigerator and so forth. But I think of it in terms of the loaves and the fishes. Even if it seems small, that birthday card touched the Jenkins' lives. Whatever it may be, you're stepping out in faith and you're believing God. Ministry is ahead for you and for me, but we've got to take the initiative. What is your calling here at Lighthouse Fellowship? What is your ministry? we're all ministers. I'm the pastor, but certainly there, all of you are called. Ministry of the laity, of the people. When all of us come into our calling and the giftings which God has for us, let me tell you today. You're going to see a mighty explosion here at Lighthouse Fellowship. You receive your assignment as you step out in faith. You can't sit back. And I always always have said, this is true. There's nothing wrong with this. Lord, I'm available to be used. But you've got to step out in faith. And you've got to take the initiative. And faith always requires risk. Let me say this. And I know it personally faith has a a a component of fear he doesn't give us a spirit of fear the bible says but of love and power and sound mind but it has a component of fear it's like what if i do that what if i'm wrong so you're amongst family pray for somebody or you know call somebody and just say you've been on my heart and mind is everything okay uh, I've, I've been praying for you, are you okay? And that person may say, yeah, fine, I'm fine. Why? why, are you, why I mean, And it may be that uh, they didn't say anything about what was going on or maybe you were just praying for them and they didn't really know what was happening and God spoke to you and you risk, you had faith and you took the initiative and you stepped out. No matter whether you have that little fear, that little, the butterflies down deep, let me tell you, stick to taking risk and step out in faith as God leads you. The last thing is, is to be quick to obey. I believe when we're not quick to obey, I believe sometimes, and I know this personally, and I've looked back, is maybe somebody didn't receive a blessing. Because I didn't take the initiative. Or maybe I didn't receive a blessing as a result of that, whatever it may be. And maybe I wasn't quick to obedience, to obey what God told me to do. And somebody missed a blessing. Faith always moves the heart of God if we we have pure intentions as far as we know. And we want to follow hard after Jesus. When you step out in faith, it may be somebody you're praying for and you haven't seen the results. And you go, I'm just going to, well, nothing's happening. Oh, yes, it is. And just like Abraham, it took years upon years and years and generations. But look what happened. Because he stuck with God. The things that are happening here at Lighthouse Fellowship, Sometimes we feel like, well, they're kind of small here and there and so forth. Yeah. But in God's eyes, when we walk by faith and not by sight, it's a big thing. And God is calling you and I to step out and get out of the boat. Isn't that good news? Leave your comfort behind. Abraham did. Get out of the boat. Do what God told you to do. You'll never be the same. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word, your truth. We thank you for your presence. Dear Lord, help us here at Lighthouse Fellowship, including myself, I speak to myself. Get out of the boat. Walk with you by faith. Abraham did. He gave us an example. He's the father of our faith. He didn't get it all right, and neither will we. But we won't back down and we won't back off because, dear God, today we're going to take the initiative and we're going to be obedient to you no matter where you call us. That's our commitment today, dear God. So help us and guide us. And we may be obviously traveling without a map. But we know, Lord, you have us by the hand even as we speak. And you're a faithful and good Father who always leads us in triumph. Because of Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.